demons exist across the world in their varying different forms. I don't understand what any of this has to do with my mom. Your mother was a shadow hunter, like him, like you. There's a map inside your head, Clary. You are the key to our survival. What is it about her? She's different. She's gonna get us all killed. The werewolves are here to save us. Never thought I'd say that. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, a bad movie podcast, where today we are finishing City of Bones. That's right, starring all the people I did last time. Lily Collins, Jamie Campbell Bower, Robert Sheehan, etc., etc. And we know you haven't forgotten anything that happened last week, so we're not even going to offer a plot synopsis. Much like this movie wouldn't. <laughs> So that night, they go to Bane's club. Bane is a warlock. Yeah, and this is after a huge deal is made about the fact that Clary is wearing a short, tight dress, and that Alec has secret feelings for Jace. Because this is called inclusiveness. Right, which is kind of insulting if you really want inclusiveness. Uh, Why did you make the only gay character uh, petulant and... (laughs) Horrible. And in love with someone who was unavailable. Yeah. But also who seems to refuse to accept the fact that Jace is going to fall in love with someone else. And is actively trying to sandbag Jace's love life because of it. I think it was supposed to be a twist. But the thing is, every character seems to know that he's in love with Jace just by spending like five minutes with them. It can't just be that he's an overprotective friend. It has to be that he's secretly in love with Jace. Because also, Jace meets his own love triangle, apparently. Which is so weird. Um, Although Jace is not aware of it. Yeah, it's not really a triangle. Because you can only be aware of somebody else's feelings if their feelings are not for you. That's the rule. (laughs) It is in this universe. So here's the other thing. You can't have a reveal both ways. So when they're getting ready, uh, they put Clary's hair up, and it's like, oh, look, see how pretty you look. And her hair's up now. And then when they get inside the club... (laughs) Jace takes it down again, and it's like another reveal about how she's hot. And I'm like, you can't do it both ways. (laughs) Also, I kind of have an issue with the fact that Jace would think enough about the way Clary looked with her hair up or down. He decides in order to fit into Magnus Band's club, she needs to take her hair down. I know it's supposed to be like Jace thinks you're hot with your hair down, but like, it's weird if you think about it of a 17-year-old boy... It's You Doing could have that. written him as a girl, and he would have come off very, like, it wouldn't have, it would have translated exactly. Yeah. Like, he's got a lot of qualities that are strange for a male lead. Yeah, it's that thing of male leads written by women who, it's just like their romantic ideal. That's just, <laughs> yeah. that's just the way it is. Bane is... A super terrible actor. Maybe not in everything, but in this, he was just really terrible. And I, I felt, feel like I he... felt, it just felt painful watching him deliver lines. I felt like that was direction and like he wasn't given anything else to do. That's why I'm like, this guy could be an amazing actor and everything else. But like in this part, every time he showed up and everything he said was just the worst. I think he's the only other attractive man we've seen Besides Robert Sheehan. He was quite attractive, although generally I prefer men with less eyeshadow, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> Not me, baby. <laughs> Bane recognizes Clary, though. He's like, I hate shadow hunters, but hey, Clary, I guess you guys can stay. Yeah. 
even though Clary and her mom are both technically shadow hunters, but it's fine. And then he just like tells her a bunch of stuff. You don't need to ask him twice for anything. He's just gonna tell her. It's crazy. I thought he would be way more closed-lipped and mysterious, but he's just like, let me tell you everything. <laughs> I know. It's like her new bestie. Yeah. Um, it's Bane is a weird character because with the club and like the fact that there's a secret knock and stuff, like you feel like he should be this mysterious, powerful, shadowy figure. But he's actually okay, let's just get Super into available. Let's just get into this. And also I feel like they clearly set it up to where Bane is supposed to wind up with Alex at the end. So right, that's, because he said he would he would also let them stay because of the hot one and he's talking about Alex. Yeah, and then later at the end he also has an interaction with Alex that makes me think that that the reason he is the way he part of the reason he's there is to wind up with Alec at the end because again we have everyone has to wind up with their one true love at the end of this right so first can we talk about the fact that his security is abominable and <laughs> it's extremely easy for them to stun him with a rune the guy who's inside the door and then why is your door built like that they reach <laughs> inside the hole that he's looking through and open it instantly it is a weird place for a door handle to be. Also, if you're catering to the supernatural, which they clearly are, because there's a bunch of vampires there, uh, why would you make your staff susceptible to runes? I know. Why wouldn't they be more powerfully protected from magic? It's None of it makes sense. Yeah. So, I think Magnus Bane, I think they said he was a warlock. Yeah, they did. So, also, warlocks are different than shadow hunters. So, there's different types of magic, I guess, because shadow hunters are different than witches and warlocks, it seems. But unclear. Yeah, again, they don't get into it. I guess maybe it's the rune thing as shadow hunters. And so, Bane tells Clary about how her mother brought her every year to suppress her memory, and he says the spell's already wearing off, and also that her mother was running from shadow hunters. Right, and the way that you can tell that the memory spell is starting to wear off. He built in that she would start drawing that rune. Yeah. So her mom would know. Yes. Okay, this annoys me a little bit because there's no reason for Clary's mom to suppress her memories. No, there really isn't. It's not... So basically the only reason her memories are suppressed are so we get the secretly magical girl trope. Because... With a mystery that she has to uncover. Yes. Because when you think about this rationally and not just, I was an ordinary girl and then I woke up and found out I was special, which is the point of the trope, but right. when you think about this rationally, from her mother's point of view, it would be better for your daughter to remember th that there is magic and she's a shadow hunter and all of these things so that you can properly train her from the time she's a child to understand. You can train your child to keep a secret. Well, that's the thing. And I would understand if for some reason Clary, maybe it's that Clary knew where the cup was and that was dangerous. So she maybe selectively said like, suppress this memory and that memory, just like a couple memories. But like, she should have let her know that she was a shadow hunter. Because I would like to imagine what Clary's mom thought the conversation was going to be when her daughter turns, you know, 17 or 18 and she stops doing a spell and she has to reveal that I have suppressed all of this from your memory for years and years and years, but now you have to learn everything from scratch. Also, your relationship is never going to be the same. Also, they would never have been found if she hadn't suppressed the memories. The only way that Valentine found her at all was because... Uh, Clary didn't know that she was a shadow hunter, and so she went went around just, like, revealing herself to everyone. Yeah. On accident. So, this is one of the worst, most poorly thought out points in the story. 
is that her mother did all this. One of them, there's a big one at the end that we'll talk about. Well, there's a lot. I mean, I don't want to limit it to only one. There's many. Just like, here's one. Bane is the one who's been buying all of Clary's mom's paintings. By the way, they knew that only one person was buying Clary's mom's painting. Turned out it was Bane, who just has them all stacked up in his office. He did this because Clary's mom needed money. It seemed like she needed the money and he liked her. Why would you... I mean, just give her money then. Also, why don't you try to... Okay, if you had half a brain, you would also then funnel those into a gallery somewhere and try to sell them. Yeah. And he seems to know a bunch of super important, rich, supernatural people. Why don't you just, you know, promote her to them? You know, hook her up with a gallery owner. Here's the other thing about this plot point. And this is, this is one of those things where it's like, why was this in here? It's so unimportant. And yet it just brings up more questions. It's that... Clary's mom knew that only one person was buying her paintings. It's not clear whether she knew that was Bane or not, but if she knew that only one person was buying her paintings, that either means she never looked into it, because mm -hmm. it was secret, or that she knew it was Bane the whole time. If she knew it was Bane the whole time, there's no reason why she needed to sell him the painting. She could have just taken the money, because it was obvious that it was charity. If she didn't know it was Bane and didn't look into it. That's also weird because who's the weirdo that's buying your paintings? And also what kind of person are you that's just preying on one person's obsession? Also, it seems like it would be hard to keep making art creatively if you know that all of your art is going to one place. Yeah. That seems, that seems like it would be hard to keep up with. It's just weird, and I don't understand. And it also kind of makes it seem like her mom wasn't a very good artist. Like, she couldn't sell her paintings to anyone other than this one guy who bought to them out of charity. be totally honest, looking at some of the paintings, I was like, these don't look great. Well, I don't think it's supposed to be that she was a bad painter, but it kind of makes so it either. seem that way. So again, just a weird thing to include. Yeah. But it does give her a chance to say, oh, you have that painting of my dad, and Bane's like, that's not your dad right but so, i'm not gonna say who is yeah that's just some and he knows the whole story yeah that's just some vet that your mother was commissioned to paint and then the widow couldn't take the painting because it, it was too emotional painful, yeah um i love this guy has so much information he's willing to share it all i like to imagine that she wrote him a long letter about <laughs> every single painting yeah so anyway also, Simon is kidnapped by a bunch of vampires while in the club. Because they leave him alone in a magic club. Well, actually, Isabel's with him. Oh, and really? Yeah, the vampire, she's looking away. They're both looking away. The vampire drops something in his drink, which is black, by the way. It's not subtle. No, and then and he's then... like, now to drink my <laughs> very blue drink that wasn't blue before. I mean, yeah. So he takes a sip of the drink, and Isabel sees the look on the vampire's face, and it's like, don't drink that! But he's already taken a sip, and one sip is apparently all it takes. All you need. Why was he even there? Because he's just Doesn't along. it seem dangerous to bring him there? Why was he there? All they that had to was... do was... There's so many things where it's like, in this movie a disaster happens, you're like, if you had done one thing differently that a prudent person probably would have thought of already, why did you not just do that? That was actually uh, Alex's point. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, why did you bring this guy, though? He doesn't have any magic. Fair enough. And Jace is like, yeah, I just felt like it. Gotta have something to put in your book. And uh, as we will see, what's about to happen is just something to put in your book. It totally because is. Oh my goodness. They immediately run off to save Simon in a completely unnecessary sequence that I'm not going to go into very much. Because it's so clearly just a time fill. It is. Oh, it really is. Basically, the important things to know, I guess, are that Shadowhunters store weapons in every place of worship. Every place. Underneath every single church altar. So I hope every church you go to has an altar in it. Yeah, also disrespectful much. And this is, again, one of those things where I'm like, why? Because they're like, oh, well, the clergy understand that the forces of evil have to be battled. So they maintain this for us. For one thing, I know a bunch of, you know, like priests, ministers, whatever, who would not maintain that secret because either they would be super terrible at it or they would have a problem with it. Right. Also, why would you let that many people into your secret? I would understand there's a few churches where people know and this is stored or it's a super old church. So this is there and maybe the priest doesn't realize it. Right. Because how many caches do you need? There's like three of you. I know. I guess they'll never know where they'll be in the city. Gosh. But it's also clear that Cassandra Clare didn't want to be like exclusive about which religion it was. Because that was the whole, oh, it's not just Catholic churches, which is where they went into. It's also, uh... Like, Jewish temples, and I forget where else they... Yeah, whatever other religion she could think of. <laughs> whatever other religion she could think of. But I'm like, I get it. There's no one religion that's actually super important, because also Jace seems to be an atheist for some reason. Just... Well, of course, when angels and demons exist, <laughs> you wouldn't believe in anything. Exactly, and he doesn't, so... Good job, just in case we wanted to know that he is an angsty, whiny teenager. Okay. <laughs> So, and then also it turns out that the vampires were just trying to lure Clary to where they were because they also want the cup. Because de joy. But I don't know why vampires want the cup. No, that also opens up a lot of questions about the cup. Like, does it work on everyone? Does it, does it do stuff for every magical being, but just something different? Because I would think that if a vampire was going to drink angel blood, it would have a negative effect. You would think that. And that actually could have been a really interesting line, and maybe it is in the book, I don't know, that, like, that's clearly just the Shadowhunter myth. It's not what the cup really is, and really you could use it for all these different things. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, But, no, we just wanted to see vampires. Yeah. They even had, like, a clear head vampire, and it never amounts to anything. No, the vampires aren't important. I thought he was going to do something. Yeah, they never really come up again in the rest of this. No. So they're attacked by swarms of vampires, but eventually some werewolves show up, and also the sun comes up. So, problem solved. Right. I mean, the werewolves attack the vampires. Right, and Clary, like, she stops her escape to be like, hold on, throws a knife at one werewolf. (laughs) And I'm like, why? (laughs) And just like, okay, now we can go. It was odd. The next morning, Alec tells her, stops her in the hallway to tell her that she should leave and blames all the danger they've been in so far on her, even though they're trying to find the cup that the shadow hunters want. And they have a super dangerous job anyway. I mean, she, yeah. she kind of points that out. She's like, uh, you guys fight demons for a living. And he's like, yeah, but this is your fault. If Jace <laughs> gets hurt, Jace feels like he has to save the world and he might get hurt because of you. And I'm like, you might get hurt because of anyone. If he really feels like he has to save the whole world, this could be anyone. Yeah. 
And Clary tells him that he, she knows he's in love with Jace, which effectively ends the argument. Uh, kind of, in that he escalates it physically and threatens to kill her. But he does leave. He says, never talk about this again, and then he leaves. Yeah. To be fair, for in Alex's defense, Clary's the one who's drawing super creepy drawings of Jace. Oh, she really is. It's like a, what, like an, like a angel. Yeah. Or something. It's really gross. When Simon wakes up, he finds he no longer needs glasses, but Clary's worried about the vampire bite. She sees it. Says nothing to anyone. I kept expecting her to be like, hey, is it a problem that this has happened? Like, what's going to happen there? Nope. Also, never comes up again in the movie. Don't worry. Yeah, maybe in a future book he turns into a vampire, but he doesn't seem to have any or effects here. Or, like, he's here. a partial vampire. He can go out in the sun, no problem. Yeah, because he's he never has a problem with the sun in it's this. Th- the only difference is that he doesn't need glasses anymore. Which is sad, because he looked really good in them. He did look good in them. I mean, he looks good in everything, I so. know. Yeah. <laughs> Jace sees them together and gets super jealous that they're talking like friends. Jace is so <laughs> jealous, and I don't understand all of these writers who think that jealousy is very attractive and a sign of love. I mean, people act like, oh, if you're jealous, that's a good thing. It's not. Like, I, a little bit of jealousy, okay. Sure, it can reveal feelings to you, and, like, you're gonna get that if you care a lot about someone and don't want them to be with someone else, but, like, the kind of explosive, immediate jealousy that we see in this movie is unattractive, and it's similar to, it's similar to the Twilight jealousy, where you're like, this is, like, bordering on, if you just let this fester, it's gonna become abuse. So, right now, this jealousy, because he just goes off and he plays the piano moodily. Yeah. And that's a fine. That's a normal reaction of, like, oh, I like this girl and maybe she doesn't like me. Maybe she likes someone else. But there is a scene coming up where I'm like, this is a problem. Yeah. That's... This is not sexy. And, and it's, it wouldn't be sexy anyway. Like, because it's not, it's not an attractive display of jealousy. It's not even, like, like... I don't know. I can't... There, there are it's times like, where oh, extreme... I just wish you were with me instead. Well... Because there's times when jealousy, even when you're like, that's not healthy, you're like, I can at least see how somebody else would find that attractive. What's coming up isn't even that. Yeah, people um, continually are writing it to these extremes where you're like, ooh, this is bad. This is like warning signs. This is, don't get into a relationship with this person. Yeah. Guess what? Baggage? You get into the real world and you're like, oh, baggage is unattractive. I don't want a broken person that (laughs) That has to to work through a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So, Clary is drawn by the music, though, the piano playing music, because of course he plays the piano, uh, which gives Jace a chance to tell Clary about how Bach wrote music to expose demons, because Bach was also a shadow hunter. Yep, you know it. Also, he shows her the portal that's Bach located. Rock. <laughs> they probably called him. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Also, he shows her the portal located in the building, which can take them anywhere in their dimension, and he uses it to stroke her hair. Yeah, to show her how it works. It's weird. Also, doesn't really help her much because you can't use it without training forever. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'll go find my mom. And he's like, no, it will. Oh my gosh. She'll get lost she in limbo. She has immediate full confidence in her ability to use this thing. She's like running towards it as he's <laughs> like, no, don't do that. Then Jace says that they need to celebrate her birthday because he found that when he was looking for her. And I'm like, when oh you were gosh. looking for her, you figured out her full name and were able to research her? The first thing I did was go down to City Hall, <laughs> pull all the records. Just look through all the pictures until I found one that looks like you? Yeah, uh, sure. Because it's weird that he was able... Uh, 
I never thought until he said that how he discovered her the next day, but it's actually super weird that he was able to find her at all. Yeah. Because it's not like she conveniently dropped her her photo ID. Maybe he used magic? That's the most acceptable answer. I don't. There's no way to know. They never get into it. They bring it up, make you ask a whole bunch more questions, and then they drop it without it fully explaining. So Jace takes her to the magical tropical greenhouse on the roof and tells her about his harsh upbringing as a shadow hunter where his father killed his bad bird. And I know this was supposed to be super serious, but all of this emotional sharing just made me laugh because it was so forced feeling. It was so like one of the things you need to do with somebody you're interested in is talk about your childhood and the fact that what he chooses to share with her is the story. <laughs> For one thing, it's like they're checking things off a list. Share childhood exactly. stories. Exactly. But also the fact that the childhood story he chooses to share with her is the one where his father killed his pet bird is hilarious. That's just a hilarious choice. I know. They're such, they're such teenagers. <laughs> just cause in case you were wondering, he's been through stuff. He never had anyone who just loved him the way Clary loves him. Yeah, and nothing is more attractive than putting your trauma on other people. The other thing is, again, Clary doesn't share anything about herself, which makes it really difficult to understand what Jace sees in Clary. Because the at this point, the only reason he would be in love with her would be because she represents the life that he wishes he had, which is just a normal life in the world where he, there were no demons and magic and all this. Right. They never get into that, but it's, it's at this point the only reason he would be attracted to her, which wouldn't really be him being attracted to her, just what she represents. Yeah. Uh, that's not a part of the story, though. Which is most of what teenagers are attracted to. <laughs> yeah. At midnight, a bunch of flowers open as if by magic, and he gives her a witch light, which is a glowing rock. Hodge's bird interrupts them, but not before they get to make out in the rain, which is really a sprinkler system, but still sexy. <laughs> also, Simon in the infirmary finds her sexy drawing of Jace. And so he gets mad. He's not happy. Well, I think he... Isn't he, like, in her bedroom? He goes to her room because he okay. wants to talk to her. So this is... This is the scene of puzzling jealousy, where, again, Simon shows himself to be a much better, more stable person than Jace. Jace walks her back to her room, and they're all happy, and they're going to kiss goodnight at her door when Simon opens the door from the inside, because he's been in there. And we get Love Triangle Soap Opera 101. Oh, my gosh. Jace immediately assumes that Clary and Simon are sleeping together. Which, this is the thing where I'm like, she's 15. I know. And this is the first assumption you make, is that she's just playing him, and she's actually with Simon. Because what would her motive be for this? She doesn't seem like a deceptive person. She has nothing to gain by romancing both Simon and Jace. No. But this is his first assumption, and he just throws it in her face. I know. He, he comes like, very short. He's just shy of calling her a slut. I know. Listen, you whore. How dare you? And it's a bizarre assumption to make. Yeah, I know. And Because Simon's, like, fully dressed, you know? It's not like Simon, like, wanders out sleepily half naked. No, and he immediately, he just immediately is like, oh, that's what's going on? Case closed and walks away. I know, so then Simon is like, wait, were you guys gonna sleep together? And she's like, no, we were just kissing, which somehow insults Jace. 
who says how swiftly and here's the thing at first I thought he was joking when he said this but then he storms away like he was serious and the line is how swiftly you dismiss our love right that's a dramatic <laughs> like weirdly Shakespearean thing to say I mean it was almost like he was joking and I would have believed he was just being sarcastic until he stormed away right after this and you just had half of a date and a first kiss like that's what your love is at this point you yeah. need to calm down yeah and then clary is like stop acting like nothing ever hurts you and i'm like do you think that's what that is he just acted like everything hurt him and he has no skin yeah. and he's like the most sensitive person in the world I mean, i'm like clary you're really bad at reading people because it's really obvious he's not hiding it well it's no. super obvious that he's been hurt by nothing you're right it's ridiculous that he feels that way yeah he storms off though and she goes into her room where simon is putting on his shoes and he says that he's has decided to go home good your parents will be glad to see you since he's basically a third wheel and he's super honest about his feelings and clary should leave jace for him immediately i know oh my gosh he's, he's so honest. normal one yeah he's so honest and vulnerable and rational and even though he thinks that she shouldn't be with jace because he thinks jace is just using her to get the cup and also that jace is just a big mess which yeah, he is he is he doesn't try and do anything to stop them from being together he acknowledges the fact that she doesn't love him the way he loves her and he's just gonna leave right and he's right that he is the one that's always been there for her yes um which again like doesn't mean that you owe him anything it just means that he's reliable yeah and they have a better relationship right and you can trust him and i think it would be normal for the age they are in the situation they're in to bring up the point of even if it's this idea of yeah maybe you owe me a little bit <laughs> to 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 bring up like yeah, I think I've always been there with you but I mean they're teenagers so I'm I, like I would get that I think that's how he felt which is understandable because he did um, previously acknowledge I've always known that I needed you more than you needed me so he's right. also realistic he's just angry right now guys I am team Simon so hardcore I will defend anything he does <laughs> I feel like this was a perfectly normal reaction. And I do feel like once he calmed down, he would know that she didn't owe him anything. Yeah, I don't think he really feels that way. But it's, it, you know, a lot of times people feel entitled to things they're not when they're really emotional. So uh, he leaves and Clary goes to study the runes in the library. She puts her teacup on her sketchbook without thinking about it, only to realize it's become a trumpial image. And she reaches into the page and pulls it back out. Mm-hmm. Hodge, who's been watching, says her mother's the only person he knows who can do that. My question is, what did she actually do? I don't understand. She just put it on a page, and it its it was like it didn't actually require any effort at all. It seemed like it would have required more effort to put it on a page and not have it turn into an image. Yeah, I think, I think he, just like being able to put stuff into paper. Well, yeah, I would like to point out that at this moment, this is the only magic she's done so far. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. Clary puts all the pieces together, which she should have put together from the flashback, I'm just going to say, and runs off to find Jace, who's unattractively pissy. Oh my gosh. He almost slams the door in her face. <laughs> but she still tells him about the cut. At this point, I thought it was the middle of the night because I thought she'd gone to the library when she couldn't sleep after the fight with Simon and that Jace 
was shirtless in his room. So here's the, I thought it was the middle of the night, and it clearly wasn't. It was morning. Rose. You don't. What is your obsession with wanting to know what time it is? You don't need to know these things, okay? Things happen when they happen, and you'll <laughs> like it. Because it is mid morning as we stroll along to their apartment. It's all four of them are there. They go to her apartment. Uh, they run into someone who's friends with her and Simon, and he texts Simon that he saw her like, with hey, some cool-looking people, yeah. I guess. And so he feels like he should text her. He really Text digs- him. I think he can't see the other people, actually. Oh, that's... You're right. He can't he see the other people. He's really digging her new look. Um, which is also kind of weird that they all go invisible, and they don't help her to be invisible, too. Right. So they go to her neighbor and ask to look at the cards, and the witch makes Jace disarm before entering, which makes him quite suspicious. So he plays some Bach, which reveals her to be a demon, but not before Clary pulls the cup out of the tarot card image. Why, 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 why? Why wouldn't you just take the card with you? I know. You don't have to do that. Like, again, or honestly, if she had waited two seconds until the full reveal of the demon... She clearly was not paying attention to what was going on. No, she wasn't. And this is the biggest instance in this situ- this movie of, like, if you had just waited like a prudent person would have done, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. The demon attacks Clary and Jace, but Alec and Isabel, who were in Clary's apartment for some reason, doing some sort of magic thing that I don't... It, they had metal shavings on the ground and were following him around. I don't, and I don't really know what they were doing. They never explained it. I think it was something to do with they were also suspicious about what was happening in the apartment below and maybe who the witch was. But then it didn't do anything. Yeah. It didn't help anyone and we don't know what it was doing. So it was just a thing that happened. Well, the demon kills Alec. Well, no, it doesn't kill him. I thought it killed him. It, it severely it wounds him. It too, but yeah. Traps everyone in the apartment and leaves. Simon sees her on the doorstep because he was like, oh, Clary's at her apartment. Even though we had a huge fight last night, I'm going to go see her. Let's go see her. Yep. Maybe he's responsibly going to talk about the feelings that they had last night in the cool light of day because right. he's a good human being. <laughs> <laughs> He asks if she's seen Clary, and she's like, uh, no. But Clary is inside, banging on a window, being like, help, help. So he's like, huh, that's weird. And he hits her in the head with a shovel. Here's the thing. I thought the demon could also hear and see that he was looking at Clary, who was banging on the window. I Yeah, I thought, he, I thought the demon could also tell that he was slowly grabbing the shovel behind him. There's no way that all of that stuff wouldn't have been instantly grasped by any intelligent being with two brain cells to rub together. Yeah. So he hits her with shovel, and that gives the others somehow a chance to kill it. I honestly couldn't really be bothered to keep track of a lot was, of what was going on in the scene, but they do kill the there demon. They somehow break out of the apartment, and they kill the demon. Yeah. And Simon and Clary tearfully make up with each other, because again, they've been best friends for a long time, so Jace, you need to get over yourself. Because she's looking at both of them, and then she chooses Simon to go hug. Yeah, because, Jace, you fight demons every day, and she and Simon don't. So, yeah. again, Jace, keep it cool. <laughs> then Isabel reminds everyone her brother is actively dying in the other room. Yeah. So they take him back to the Institute. And here we get my least favorite scene with Isabel, who up to this point has just been a cool-headed, confident, normal human being, but... Probably only because we haven't seen enough of her. Because So Cassandra <laughs> Clare hasn't had time to ruin her for everyone else. 
In this scene, she spends a massive amount of time blaming Chase and Jace and Clary for what happened, even yeah. though it seems like it was a pretty run-of-the-mill demon fight. Right, exactly. Jace is the one who gave up his weapons voluntarily, and they were looking for the cup. Like, they're acting like they weren't all invested in finding this cup. Well, and also, just your responsibility is to fight demons. There was only one demon. It wasn't like Clary's stupidity led you into a trap, and Jace blindly followed along behind her. Also, Jace is the one that got knocked out first by the demon. You guys knew it was a demon when he showed up at the door. Yep, and you so still the, had your weapons. Right, so the fact that he got hurt, that's just run-of-the-mill duty. Maybe this was a, in the heat of the moment, she said things she didn't mean, but I kind of feel like Sandra Clare wants us to believe that this was somehow Jace or Clare, or like, that they should at least feel guilty or responsible Yeah, they owe it. them something. Yeah, I think you're right. But I feel like a normal person in this situation would realize that their lifespans were going to be drastically shortened by their profession. And right? would have come to terms with the fact that she, either she or her, her brother or both, were probably going to die in a demon fight at a very young age. Yeah, they, they need to get used to the idea that one of them might die way sooner than the other. It's almost like Sandra Clare didn't think what it would actually be like to live this lifestyle. No, I, I won't believe that. Yeah. While Jason and Isabel are helping Alec, Clary brings the card to Hodge, and she pulls the cup out for him and everything. This was, again, shocking. I was like, do you remember the la that, like, two seconds ago, you pulled the cup out, and then it was the exact wrong choice to make? Why are you just doing this and not talking to anybody? Like, you don't know this guy, really. Well, it's also weird, because what's the point of pulling the cup out? It's enough to say the cup is in the card. I guess that was what I was thinking. Like, again, you don't have to keep pulling it out. Yeah. You because can just say, this is it. It's not like you need the card, the cup for something where you it makes sense to pull it out of the card right this second. Yeah. I just left it in there. It's completely safe there. Yeah, I know. Hodge... As you can tell from our conversation, immediately betrays her. He takes the cup and begins talking about the curse that's keeping him from going outside right before summoning Valentine through the portal. Who's right there, by the way. Oh, I, it was kind of like Valentine was just hovering there, just waiting for him <laughs> to open the door. Yeah. And he gives him the cup, and we see Jonathan Reese Myers, Valentine here, in its full, what's the opposite of glory? Uh, ignominy. Yes. Uh... So he has mostly <laughs> short hair, except these several super cool braids, tiny little braids, <laughs> on the back of his head. They're not rat tails. They don't start low. They start high, like a little ponytail. But they look like rat tails. Yes, they kind of do. Um, and they're just swinging around everywhere, and it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> he also looks like he is on drugs. He does look like he was on drugs. Which, I guess, works for crazy supervillain. Yeah, I get why. Um, it was just like, oh, this isn't an unstable man. And, uh, I don't know, maybe demon blood is like drugs. But, yeah, he definitely seemed like he was on something. Yeah, it also kind of feels like Jonathan Rhys Myers didn't really care a lot about the role. I mean, he did it. He did it with emotion it and was, whatever. But was there was fine, nothing to but it, he really. Wasn't, he, didn't, he didn't seem that committed to yeah. it, to be honest. No. Um, okay, fine. It didn't really need it. Yeah, he knew the movie he was in, and the I movie looked... movie didn't deserve it. Right, and I looked at the plot summary from the next book, and Valentine doesn't show up. So it's not like he was the series villain or anything, where he thought he was going to get a huge deal out of this. And honestly, he was barely in this. He was barely in it. So Valentine does some monologuing of his own about cleansing the bloodlines and saving the race. Yeah, he's a eugenicist. He is. Much like 
for some reason, Voldemort. Yo, uh, <laughs> what? What? That's weird, I right? Know. Do you think that she's read Harry Potter a lot? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> um, he says Clary's mother wasn't hiding the cup from him. She was hiding Clary from him. I don't understand this. I'm pretty sure she was hiding both, you dum-dum. Well, also, what is wrong with... she said, you'll never find the cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she didn't seem concerned about Clary at all. Also, what does he want Clary for? Turns out, he wants to continue his project of making Clary the best wizard in the world. I mean... Shadow Hunter, <laughs> and with the most powers and the most pure bloodline, I don't understand how it works with the cup that he's just making her drink out of the cup like all the time is what it seems like. I guess like. so. Here's the thing though. So she's like, well, I don't know if you know a lot about mundane history and I'm like, they're the same history, actually. They <laughs> yeah. live in the same world as us. They're they, the I'm ones sh- that are secret, not I'm sure us. they knew what Nazis were. Yeah. She's like, but when people start talking about racial purity, that's bad news, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so here's the whole deal with eugenics. The whole deal in the real world is that eugenics isn't real. It's not true. Right? So in this movie, it works. Yeah. She, like, you're really undermining your point here because he actually did succeed in making her this amazing, like, chosen one better than everybody else. But did he? Yes. (laughs) So, okay. So, continuing with his monologue, he says that he tried to make her drink, so he, that her mother drank from the cup while she was pregnant with Clary, Mm -hmm. which... I suppose he is like, so that affected you. And he says that she must have guessed that her awesome powers that we haven't seen any evidence of. They don't display them. Are somehow because she's his daughter. And he's like, I can't believe you didn't figure this out. For one thing, we were given absolutely no clues. You're not aware of what clues she received. So it's bizarre that you think she should have just assumed this. Right. There were photos of you on every wall. (laughs) Because even if somehow she had displayed really powerful magic, why would he assume that that could only come... Well, I guess he's an egomaniac. But why would a person assume that it could only come from one bloodline? He had to come from somewhere. Yeah, that is strange. Uh, But, I mean, I think, like... So, toward the end of the movie, it's like, oh, she knows these runes that she doesn't even know how she knows them. Nobody else has ever seen them. We don't know that yet. I know, but... (laughs) In the the movie itself and the book itself are undermining the fact that eugenics are bad. The well, reason, true. Part a huge part of the reason that eugenics are so stupid is because they're not true and they're dumb. Yeah. In this, eugenics works. So, what's your argument here? That like you shouldn't do it because it's mean, and it like can be used for evil because you're making an argument that. That, like, if you did it right, you'd get great results. Yeah. Which is funny, because actually Harry Potter follows along the real world, like, pure-blood wizards don't always produce powerful pure-blood wizards, and muggles produce powerful wizards sometimes, too. So you're right in that sense that this book doesn't really follow that. Right. Also, it seems like anyone can become more powerful somehow by drinking from the cup, so you don't really need to practice eugenics. Yeah, it's true. He says, like, he wants pure bloodlines, but it doesn't make sense because the cup is not bloodlines yeah i guess he does keep putting his own blood in the cup and wanting her to drink that i don't understand why putting that in the cup also like drinking blood doesn't 
put your DNA. I don't understand. Oh, my gosh. The more I talk about this, the angrier I am. <laughs> it's just so weird. Oh, this um, is almost as bad as people using the term natural selection incorrectly. Yeah, it's not great. So she puts the cup back in the card somehow and jumps into the portal in an attempt to find her mother. Yeah. She appears, I thought she was going to appear in some weird dream world because we see, like, a demon child and weird stuff. It turns out she's actually just in front of Luke's shop. Yeah, really weird. There is a demon kid with a messed up face and, uh, like, a little blonde girl walking down the street and a werewolf kills it. Yeah. So the werewolf is Luke and she is shocked. And let me tell you the reason why she shouldn't be shocked. I didn't mention earlier, when he was tied up, the thugs that were threatening him were clearly making werewolf jokes. And they said, I want to see you change. Yeah. Also, she found a padded room, like a cell, in his shop. Yeah. That clearly gets used a lot and had scratch marks on the walls. I mean, Clary, use your brain. This... No. Uh, what movie do you think you're watching? Yeah, Absolutely I knew not. I knew that he was a werewolf from the scene where they were making werewolf jokes. Oh, immediately. Yeah. And then the werewolves show up to fight the vampires. To yeah, be okay. fair, at the time I wasn't sure if they also wanted the cup. Mostly because she stabs one for no reason, so I thought maybe it was attacking her. Also, I honestly thought that she was a were he was a werewolf as soon as he was shown leaving his padded cell the first time we saw. Oh, that. and I wasn't paying attention to where he was Totally walking, fair. So. <laughs> totally fair. I'm sure I was frantically typing scathing comments. I didn't have time <laughs> to look at that. Luke says that he was, of course, lying about wanting the cup. He is the one that got the werewolves to help fight the vampires. And he confirms that Valentine is, in fact, her father. And he's like, good shot, by the way, and has the knife that she threw into one of the werewolves. I thought the only reason that she threw the knife was because she knew that that was Luke. Oh, as because we can see, that's not true. It doesn't yeah. make any sense for her to have done that otherwise. The werewolves were only attacking vampires, and it didn't do anything. It is weird. Yeah. She's like, I know what's going to hurt this gigantic werewolf that can take down a vampire with its bare paws. A tiny dagger. <laughs> yeah. It definitely won't just enrage it. Yeah. Got it in the shoulder. Good, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Also, he, also Luke tells her that she had an older brother named Jonathan, but he died as a toddler. Just throwing it in there. I'm sure it won't come back very shortly. Back at the Institute, Hodge demands Valentine lift the curse, but Valentine says he needs to man up and face his own psychological issues. There is no curse. Get over it. You. This felt like a weird scene. into agoraphobia. Yeah, this felt like a weird scene somehow, because it felt like she was trying to be, uh, like, raise awareness and, and be sensitive about people who are agoraphobic, but then also without any sort of sensitivity. Yeah, it just... Yeah, I don't know what she was trying to do there. It didn't work either way. I mean, the point of, you know, it wasn't a curse, it was actually just your own issues, like, I get that, but I also don't know why Valentine wouldn't just keep pretending it was a curse that he could somehow lift in order to keep him in his power, Although it doesn't seem to be needed anymore. Hodge now will just do whatever he asks. Yeah, because he still does it. Also, why would anybody believe Valentine? He lies about everything. Yeah. So m most of the time when he's saying stuff, you don't even know if it's true. And then the movie never really explains if it's true or not. So Valentine is, says he's going to summon some demons, but Hodge says it's unnecessary. He says Clary wants Chase as much as she wants her mother. Which, again, you've only seen them together a very little bit. 
the fact that she, even if you could see through the eyes of your bird or something, the fact that they kissed doesn't actually mean that she would sacrifice her mom to save him. No, it doesn't at all. Especially not for a teenage girl. No. So he says that if Valentine lies and says they're both Valentine's children, he'll break their hearts. How is this supposed to help with the situation that's going on right now? I don't know. It's weird that they immediately jump into mind games. (laughs) And it's... And he's like, she loves him. And then Valentine is like, to love is to destroy. And I'm like, that's one of those lines that sounded better in your head, (laughs) doesn't actually make sense, and isn't true. And it also, it doesn't matter. So if you tell them, like, oh, hey, guys, you're secretly brother and sister, it doesn't matter. It's not going to get you what you want. John Beeler, oh, no, here's the cup. It might make them barf, but other than that, I don't know what you think is going to happen. It's not going to make them like you more. No. Or trust you. Or any number of things. It's just (laughs) bizarre. And it's just to let us know that the most important thing right now is Clary and Jace's love, even to the villains, who just want to inject some drama in it. Yeah. Valentine summons some demons anyway. He's going to do both of these guys. He's going to both summon demons and play mind games with Clary and Jace. Because why choose only one? Guys, I just want to let you know, we still have half an hour of the movie left at this point. I know, and I don't understand how. It is... When I noticed that, I was so surprised. We're uh, not going to get into tons of detail about this, but there's still enough plot that it's bizarre. Okay, so Bane also shows up for some reason to cure Alec. No one called him. Yeah, he's just literally Isabella, or Isabel, whatever her name is, she turns around and she's like, what? (laughs) And he's like there in in a black hooded, like, kind of trench coat situation, looking all mysterious and ninja like. And then he's just, like, leaning over Alec, being like, Like, I could take care of this. Yeah, like, he could just tell the hot one was in trouble. (laughs) Yes, it was weird. He's like, I put a thing on him so I would know (laughs) if he was ever in trouble. I really do think he's hot. I don't think you understand how much. Jace goes to the library, and he's going to break the pentagram up that Valentine made. But then Valentine stops him and is like, you're my son, which he proves by knowing his name is Jonathan. Also... What difference does that make? Why would it even matter that he was his son? Why would it all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay, well, maybe now I see things from your point of view. What? It makes a huge difference to Jace because he doesn't break the pentagram up anytime soon, as we will see. Which is insane. But can I point out, it really opens up a can of worms that you can't make a pentagram from any angle because he just sticks a bunch of swords in the grounds at angles and then if you look at it from directly overhead it is a pentagram yeah so just so you know be super careful yeah yeah so he unblocks some of jace's memories of the two of them being together when he was a child and he flips the signet ring on jace's finger so that it's a w not an m his name is morgan stern not wayland Okay, I will say that I thought from the first time I saw this stupid ring that he wears, which I don't know why he wears it, because it seems like he had a real troubled relationship with his own father. I know. But it seemed, it always looked more like an M than a W. That is kind of funny that that was acknowledged, although (laughs) I would think you would try and get one that looked more like both. Simon finds Clary's mom floating in the basement of the... I don't know why she's floating, but she's floating in the basement of the Institute and calls Clary. And she's looking real, like, Sleeping Beauty-ish. Yeah, oh yeah. So Luke rounds up the werewolf pack, and all of them head to the Institute to rescue Clary's mom. 
As everyone else is fighting off demons, Clary somehow figures out how to use rune magic to freeze them. This is where she just does, does it without trying, without thinking about it. Isabel doesn't recognize the rune and Clary doesn't know what it is either. But they leave while they can. And this is when I thought maybe the runes that she knows are evil because she was tainted by her father. And I don't know if that comes in later, but I was like, the fact that Isabel doesn't recognize the rune from the books made me think that it was somehow like evil runes. That's interesting. Um, I would like that. I think that's a really interesting storyline. I assumed that it was just like an ancient thing that nobody had known for a long time and she knew it because she's so magical. Yeah, I assume this would be something that would get explored in a later book if it does it all. <laughs> uh, it must. I mean, the fact that she knows secret magic must be important. Anyway, yeah. they leave while they can, leaving the werewolves behind to keep fighting the demons when they unfreeze. Valentine is with her mother. She's brought her mother to the library. Which they were doing so great at, by the way. A bunch of werewolves have already died because they're not good at fighting demons. I know. I was also kind of less impressed with her magic that it just unfroze after a while. Right. They seriously got there and they were like, we're not prepared to fight demons. Yeah. <laughs> we want to leave. So Valentine is with her mother in the library, but Clary holds a knife to his throat. She approaches him from behind and holds a knife to his throat. He recognizes the rune that's still on her hand and is very impressed. Jace pulls her back, which again, now is when you say that comes from me because I'm your father and that's your super awesome magic. You have no idea what she's done previously to this. Right. And as it turns out, the only magic she's done is something she inherited from her mother. So again, I know he's like, well, I, don't, I just assumed. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know that her memory's been blocked this whole time. <laughs> right. So she's been practicing magic. Yeah. So Jace pulls her back from Valentine and makes her listen to Valentine's story about them being siblings as if that's the most important thing right now. He's like, it's not what you think. Really? Because I thought he was summoning demons to attack everybody that we know and love. <laughs> And they're killing them right now. Is that not true? That is what's happening <laughs> still? Okay, then what could, difference could this possibly make? And the answer is none. This is not important. This is not a priority. It doesn't affect anything about the cup or the fact that you should have already tried to break the pentagram apart. I know. And it's not going to bring G Clary's mom back to life. So what is going on? Except that, again, remember, this romance is the most important thing. So she is so broken up by this news that she's completely sidetracked from both her mother's coma and Valentine's war crimes. Valentine pressures her into taking the cup out of the card, and Jace suddenly leaps to her defense, finally breaking up the pentagram and attacking Valentine. While they're fighting, Clary takes the card. She threatens to throw it in the portal to stop him from killing Jace. Then she gives him the cup and kicks him into the portal because he's like, I'll leave you alone forever if you just give Never me the cup. Never have see me again. So she gives him the cup and kicks him into the portal before he's had a chance to prepare, I guess. So she thinks he'll just be lost forever in limbo. He is no newbie, though. So he tries to attack her from the portal, but Jace saves her once again. They turn the portal to ice somehow, and it explodes destroying the portal. Good job, guys. In the now snowy library, which is fine, it really just seemed to be used for bad things anyway. Well, I'm sure it would have been convenient in the following books to have an active portal there. Yeah, but also inconvenient. Yeah, also why would you want to leave New York, so... In the now snowy library, Clary tells her comatose mom she forgives her and that she still has the cup trapped in the card. Which, I'm like, where did you get the fake cup from? Were you prepared How for How did this? you make it? Did you draw it and then... Well, I don't... Anyway. 
Claire's mom has moved to the hospital and is being treated by human doctors, which just seems bizarre. How can they treat someone in a magical coma? They're like, yeah. they still don't know what she took. I'm like, yeah, because she took something magic. Why Duh. are you wasting the doctor's time on this? Yeah, you just, like, put her in a very expensive bed as opposed to a different bed. Yeah, well, Luke, we see Luke sitting by her bedside while Clary and Simon agree to be friends. Clary somehow decides to clean up her apartment, even though there was a gas explosion that had to both attract attention and do unbelievable damage to the kitchen. Right. Jay shows up to invite her to the Institute. He knows it's hard to be around each other, even though he doesn't actually believe they're siblings. Because it doesn't feel right in his heart. Oh my gosh, give me better reason than that, buddy. I know. Also, that line was kind of, like, thrown in there and I missed it. And I was like, wait, <laughs> did we never address this again? Yeah. Also, I don't know how they're supposed to tell now that Valentine is dead. I guess later books must reveal that I they're mean, not siblings. You can actually tell really easily. They could both go get a DNA test right now and know in like one week. <gasps> oh my gosh, you're totally right. They're, I don't know why they don't do that. They're acting like there's no way to tell. And yeah. yet there probably is a magical way and there definitely is a non-magical way. Part of the problem with this is that the audience already knows they're not siblings because Hodge said you can lie to them and tell them that they're siblings and it will break their heart. So we already know that they're not siblings. It, yeah. would, it would be better if we didn't, I mean, assuming you cared about this relationship, it would be better to not know whether they were siblings or not. Exactly. Because then we would feel the angst with them. So yeah. I don't know why they did that. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Unless they just wanted to be extra sure that there was no uh, no wrongdoing in the earlier kiss we were forced to watch. It'd be terrible. <laughs> right. But as a powerful shadow hunter, they need her skills, so she should come back to the Institute. Then he lays this one on her. You remember how I said I'd never seen an angel? Oh gosh, please don't finish that. <laughs> well, I lied. Oh... Oh my gosh, I can't believe that he was able to say that with a straight face. And I really want to know how many takes it took. Because that is one of the worst lines I've ever heard in my life. Especially from somebody whose defining character trait so far has been sarcastic and angsty. Well, how, how many takes can you even do of that before you just start throwing up? <laughs> maybe, it, maybe they just spread it out over a few days. <laughs> yeah. Realizing she doesn't belong in the ordinary world, she follows immediately after him, and he says, you took your time. He just left the apartment when she runs after him. I know. Like, you had to be hurrying down those steps to get there before her. Together, they go back to his, the Institute for a sequel that will never happen. Thank goodness. Although, feel free to watch the ABC Family's, no, sorry, Freeform now. Okay. The Freeform series, Shadowhunters where this story is also told. It's kind of, it's probably a good thing they didn't make anymore because it took us forever to talk about this one and pick apart all of the many, many things that were wrong <laughs> with it. And guess what? I didn't write everything down. Yeah, I know. She, she actually did skip, skip a lot of stuff that happened. Well, for one thing, you skipped the hilarious fact that when Jared Harris goes off to do Valentine's bidding, he has to put on a dark cloaked hooded robe for oh. evil doing. Well, of course. Yeah. And there were a lot, I mean, there was so much dialogue that I could have written down. It's just, like, really hilariously awful. And we didn't get into any of, like, the nonsense in the fight scenes. Thankfully, they didn't spend tons of time on it. Although it would have helped my outline, shortened my outline if uh, <laughs> they had. It was, it was a tough one. Yeah. I felt really bad for everyone in this movie. I hope they got paid well for it. 
Oh my gosh. They just got so many good people in this and it was terrible. And they were actually going to make a sequel even though the first one didn't do as well as they expected. So the first one, the budget was $60 million and they made $95 million. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, but they were like, well, we feel like the fan base will continue to grow and so they were going to keep making movies and they actually signed people for the second movie, but it wound up never getting made. I can't believe they even had that much faith in it. I think at a certain point between the the bad reviews and the poor box office, they just eventually were like, you know what, we can't get funding for it. Yeah, some people clearly did like it, though. I think some of the fans of the books liked it because it has a 5.9 on IMDb, which is astronomically high. And you'll see if you watch, like, trailers or clips or whatever, there are people who can't understand why there was no sequel that was made. (laughs) Sorry, guys. But to be honest, like I said before, like, I thought this movie was better than Twilight. For one thing, it was more entertaining. There was more going on. And it, it did have some truly funny moments. And Again, the parts that weren't romance-oriented, some of the character interactions that were there were funny and yeah. well-acted. Well, and many of the actors were more likable. Yes. Even as their characters were not, which is weird. <laughs> well, true. Uh, but the actors are more likable. I would rather watch those actors, but I would rather watch Twilight than this movie. That's so funny. I feel like, I don't know, I do feel like I'd rather watch this because there's moments that I felt like were honestly like a good funny, if it had been a, d- a different movie, a good funny moment in yeah. it. And I didn't feel like Twilight had a lot of those. No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. I also think that, I mean, I think that Jace is better than Edward. And here's the reason why. No, he is. You can go on with your reasons. I'll just say right now I agree. (laughs) Okay, it's because Jace has all of Edward's bad qualities, but he has also more personality than Edward. And he doesn't have all of Edward's bad qualities. He's not as... He gets jealous, but he's not controlling like Edward is. Well, he might be in future books, though. But he also He did show some really radical jealousy on the basis of a non-existent relationship, which was troubling. That is true. But he never said... If we get together, you can never see your friends or family again. Oh, right. But I did think that was because she was going to turn into a vampire. Although she does see her friends and family even after she turns into a vampire. Yeah, she's not supposed to, though, because she's so visibly different. Oh. Well. that It, it is because she was turning into a vampire. Yeah. But still, like, that's still, again, like, something that I really wish that people wouldn't model as this book has modeled his protectiveness and the active isolation that he's doing of her as his love for her and all of those things happening in real life are huge red flags and like you're it's your abuser isolating you like I wish you would not put that out there for girls to be like in some situations it's okay yeah so Jace has a lot of those bad qualities I think it's hard to tell because we only have the one movie from Jace and we only have like the very beginning of their relationship right um, whereas we had well, five he's not Twilight 110 movies. years old by the way he's- that's the other thing is that like they're both young and they'll both age together and Bella and Edward like he was already he was like a hundred years old and she was a teenager so right. at least so he shouldn't have been as possessive and petulant as he was exactly. This kid's like 17. Okay, yeah. fine. I also felt like Clary was better than Bella. Look, my the she bar absolutely was better than the Bella. The bar goes down way way lower for the heroine than it does the hero because 
both of these authors put way more effort into their heroes than they did their heroines. The heroines mm-hmm. were not important. But, for one thing, Lily Collins was better than... She had actual skills, and she actually did useful things, and ended up helping to actively defeat the villain. Well, also, she was a better actress, is what I meant. Oh, but, I see. Yes, that is true. Also. But also, all of those things. So, she was super obnoxious in her own way, but she was better than Bella. Yeah. I also think that... So, my favorite character in City of Bones was Simon, who had a lot of screen time. Oh, yeah. My favorite character in Twilight was Jessica, who had very little screen time. Yes. So, I also got to see more of a character I actually enjoyed watching. Yeah. So, in general, I would say that I preferred City of Bones to Twilight, although they are both super terrible movies. Yeah. But I can also understand, I think the high points of City of Bones are better than Twilight, but the low points are worse. Yes, I agree. So, make of that what you will. (laughs) So next up, we are moving away from the supernatural into the... Extra-natural. Yes, uh, our future of not having California be part of our country anymore. Exactly. Because it is separated by the San Andreas fault. Titular line, starring... Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Carla Gugino, and Alexandra Daddario. The funny thing is, when I saw this trailer in theaters, I was in California, and everyone in the theater just started laughing. (laughs) So that's how threatening it is. So they really did a good job of a gritty... Oh, Paul Giamatti. Definitely something everyone's worried about there, yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, email at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.